0: Welcome to Beyond the Press Release, a production of GoreCon, in which we take the time to speak with small-cap executives after they put out important news. With us today, you see them back, the team from Poet Technologies, Poet Trades on the TSX Venture Exchange, on the stock symbol PTK, and in the U.S., uh, for our friends there, Poet F, P-O-E-T-F. With us, uh, Suresh Venkatesen, who's Chairman and CEO, Vivek Rajgaria, President, Thomas Mika, Chief Financial Officer, Uh, we're gonna, for those of you who knew the story, and we always do this bit of a preamble because Poet is such an incredibly exciting technology company, but on the other hand, they are difficult to understand for first time uh, investors. And what we're seeing is more and more people coming to the story, as you've seen more and more market activity over the last three months. So I'm gonna give a brief description of my my typical intro, but the bottom line is to understand Poet, you first have to understand something first and that's you so every day all of us here we're binging on netflix we're watching youtube we're shopping on amazon streaming on spotify even doing zoom meetings like this and we do it all demanding the fastest speeds possible on top of that we want artificial intelligence while we're doing all those things to recommend our next movie to recommend the next song to recommend the next product and so on and so forth uh and we demand that to happen quickly all right Anything less than speed of light uh, is almost unacceptable to to you and I uh, who use the internet every single day. Well, all that computing power comes from servers, data centers, and cloud computing. But what connects all of them to make them faster? That's Poet Technologies. Poet Technologies brings light speed to that world, to that very important component. They do it with you know, this is where photonics comes in. So this is where we get a little technical. Photonic devices create, detect, and manipulate light. Laser-generated light is fundamental to uh, all of this, uh, and that requires the fastest transfer of data possible. That's what light helps do, is transfer the data as fast as possible. POET has developed a unique and disruptive differentiating new entry into the photonics uh, market. That's called their POET uh, optical Interposer platform. We're going to talk about that. Uh, and today's two press releases. Guys, welcome to the show. We got two big press releases to talk about, but welcome back to the show. First one, guys, before we get into the technical uh, press release is the uh, the fact that you've completed a $15 million financing uh, and you did it with Cormark, IBK Capital, PI Financial, uh, and, and a syndicate led by Mark Lustig. So what does you know, this financing say about the confidence the market has in POET? And then what, it, what does it do for the stability of the company going forward?
1: Uh, George, um, I think one of the hallmarks of this financing was that the investors in this private placement uh, took unregistered shares. So uh, they have a four month hold on these shares. And I think that demonstrates that they're long-term investors in in our stock. Um, We really appreciate um, Mark Lustig who led the the syndicate um, for this raise. Uh, He recognized a kind of asymmetric uh, situation with respect to POET in that we you know, we have the right management team, we've got the right technology, and he believed we needed to have the right investors in this deal to attract others to it as well. And in fact, he was he was right. Um, we also had you know the sponsors as agents, uh, Cormart, back to them again for another another race, our long-term relationship with IBK Capital and right. a, a new entry, PI Financial. Um, So it really puts us in a much stronger position since uh, we reported in Q3, uh, our Q3, uh, we've added about um, 24 million Canadian to our balance sheet, which gives us um, a comfortable runway uh, for what we're doing now at our current burn rate. What kind of runway
0: ballpark, Thomas? I know it's subject to, obviously it's subject to things change as time goes on but ballpark, what kind of runway you think? What kind of comfort uh, uh, zone does this give the company?
1: We have a good two years at current run rates. So I, I think we're, we're comfortable. But as CFO, as you know, I'm always mindful of, of the needs of the company and the need for capital. We're a technology company and technology companies always need capital to grow.
0: And you could have more money come in over the time period as well because you've got other options out there that are still outstanding that you would expect probably to be?
1: We have a fair amount of employee uh, options, but just in terms of warrants, we've got warrants, uh, the 52 cent Canadian warrants are uh, still outstanding, still a number of those outstanding, I think the number is about 18 million. Um, And we've got warrants associated with the convertible debentures that we issued back about two years ago. Now those convertible debentures all mature between April and September of this year. So given that there are strongly in the money, we expect those to convert rather than be redeemed. So that will further strengthen our balance sheet by reducing our debt load to zero. Um, and if those warrants convert, um, which uh, we expect that they will, uh, we could add another uh, you know 11 million Canadian to the, to the balance sheet.
0: All right, bottom line is the company Isn't a great balance sheet position, Thomas CFO. You know, worries aside, because CFO always has to think about those things. You guys got to be feeling really good about the position the company's in. So, with that in mind, uh, let's move on to uh, the business side press release that came out. And, uh, Suresh, this is where I think you'll come in really handy because you've been great at providing investors with anecdotal layman's explanation of, of all the developments along the way, but the headline here, POET technologies targets new markets for co-packaged optics and optical sensing applications with light bar C product. All right. That's obviously very, very technical headline. And the press release itself is even more technical. So why don't you go ahead there and give us the layman overview of why this is important?
2: Yeah, look, um, you know, thanks, thanks. First of all, thanks for the time. Uh, Happy New Year! I don't think we've really had this, or maybe we did. Um, yeah, yeah we are all just, just after the New Year. New Year. Okay, it's been a while. Happy Chinese New Year! I mean, we haven't done it since then. <laughs> right. um, but nevertheless, um, thanks for the time. Look, I, I, what I want to do is maybe um, I'm going to try to share my screen just so um, you know people have something to look at. Uh, but
0: well, let, um, me a, let me give you let me give you screen sharing capabilities there. You've got it.
2: You know, there are um, there are a lot of questions about what the heck are we talking about when we even say C-band. So I'm just gonna do a, a tutorial, okay? <laughs> um, so I think light light is an electromagnetic wave. Um, I think um, there's a spectrum. Um, you know, people talk about it, whether you're talking wireless communications, light, whatever, there's a spectrum. It's the electromagnetic spectrum. It, It goes from extremely, extremely short wavelengths, gamma rays on the one hand, which are rays emitted by the sun. And then you have extremely long wavelengths on the other side, which are radio waves. I mean, they have extremely long wavelengths. They travel very, very long distances used for communications, um, you know, of course, radio and then, of course, planetary communications and so on. Somewhere in the middle, there's the visible spectrum, which is VIS. That's what you can actually visibly see. And that spectrum is comprised of multiple wavelengths itself from about 380 nanometers to 780. On the extreme 380 side is violet and on the 780 side is red, right? So that's, those are the colors of the rainbow that you can visibly see, violet through red. Just south of violet is ultraviolet, so that's UV. So everything that is shorter wavelength than violet is ultraviolet. And everything that is longer wavelength than red is infrared. And so that's kind of how that spectrum is, is demarcated. So where we play, at least for optical communications, we play in this regime or bands called near infrared. So that is, it is just north off or just longer than the red wavelength of light. And it's called the near infrared band. And that near infrared band is made up of the 850 nanometer to 1000 nanometer band, which is serviced with gallium arsenide technology. So, um, you know, obviously, you know, when we are talking about using lasers or using semiconductors to service these frequency bands, it's also a function of what material actually emits light in that particular band. So gallium arsenide is used in the 850 to about 1000 nanometer range. And then from about 1260 to 1650 is the world of indium phosphide. Okay, And that is, those are the lasers that we are actively working with on the optical interposer today. Now that regime is also split up further into multiple bands. Um, There was the original band, and that's why it's called the O-band. It's the original band that was originally put together was this 1260 to 1360. And then finally it moved to the C-band, then the long band. And the reason for that move was because people found out that uh, the silicon fiber optic cables that are used to transmit light have the lowest loss at a certain wavelength and that wavelength is in the C band and the L band compared to this original band. And so back in the 1990s when fiber optics was a big thing and people were laying a lot of undersea communications, you know, loss was critically important. And so most of the technology moved to the C band or L band, which is where primarily much of the optics growth happened. Then with data communications really coming online in the 2000s, um, and then 2010, the O-band became very popular because the O-band lasers tend to work well in an uncooled operation as opposed to always requiring to be cooled. And so that became very popular. But but regardless, the largest, you know, uh, experience set volume Etc. of lasers is still largely focused in the C band, and that's the band where much of sensing uh, type applications, um, you know, typically used. So the sensing applications are either in the eight fifty to one thousand nanometer band with gallium arsenide. Those are used for retinal inspections, OTDR type applications, um, and then there is the sensing applications like LIDAR, gas sensing, and so on and so forth, that all happens in the C band. So C band is a very important band for a variety of different applications. It's just that data communications, which is our initial focus or has been, continues to be our initial focus is all in the O band. So this is just kind of a, a really kind of high level background as to what these bands are and, and why you know, our original focus was o It still is our big focus because that is where the data communications market is, is settled on. It's in this regime of 1260 to 1360. Um, but, you know, there are outside of data communication applications that favor in, for a variety of reasons, the, the c band And so, um, you know, this press release is all about Expanding the viability and capability of our platform, we've always talked about the importance of a platform technology, a basic platform that is, you know, compatible, kind of in an end-to-end configuration across a multiple set of wavelengths. And while we inherently and intrinsically know that our material system that we use with our interposer is or should be capable, um there are still development activities that need to be done to ensure that that capability and viability is in fact proven out. So I think towards the end of last year, we spent a lot of time focused on the O band and now we are starting to expand systematically our capabilities in, in this new band, which is C, which allows us to now participate in applications that are outside of the data communications Although I must insist that our primary focus still will continue to be Datacom because we've got to get products out in data communications as the first step towards building a very large business across multiple verticals. But nevertheless, this is an important press release in the sense that it is validating our capabilities as a platform at wavelengths that are outside of what, is traditionally used in data communications.
0: Well, what are some of the application examples in the C band? Um,
2: the C band um, is is uh, is is currently the the, the band that is um, used uh, for um, for example artificial intelligence photonics processors, um, and that's because the types of modulators that are used in those applications typically work well in in the C-band. Today's LIDAR market, for example, is all focused on gallium arsenide. It's 940 nanometer wavelength. Uh, But one of the trends we see as we move towards next generation LIDAR is um, that, you know, people need to put out more and more power out of these light sources when you're doing, you know, these LIDAR applications. And the 940 nanometer wavelength of light is not eye safe, that is at a beyond a certain power level it can burn your retina. Um, So people try, obviously you don't want that, you don't want cars blinding people. So over time, as you increase the amount of power coming out of these LIDAR sources, there is a move to move towards the C band, which is eye safe. That is even though we can pump a lot of power out of those lasers, they are not detrimental to the human eye. And, and so the next generation of LiDAR solutions are uh, moving in that direction. It's also that atmospherically, the C-band light is less susceptible to atmospheric variations, hail, snow, um, you know, those kinds of things are, uh, it's less susceptible to, to those. So therefore, You know, even though the current generation of LiDAR that's in production and cars today is focused on 940 and gallium arsenide. We expect the next generation of solutions to be in the C band and and, and indium phosphide. And so um, that's another application. There are a variety of sensing applications, as you know, we used to own dense light and we were Poet at that point was heavily into sensing. So there's a bunch of sensing applications that are also very much focused in the C-band.
3: Yeah. just to add, Suresh, just to add to that, actually C-band first started in long haul communications. as Suresh mentioned, the loss of light as it travels through the optical fibers lower in that C-band. So all the, what we call um, the telecom or longer reach networks use the c band on the 1550 nanometer regime because you can amplify signals as it travels and also the loss is lower so although we've not uh, gone into that field right now there's this huge other communications field of c band that we've proven out that we can do and with the muxes and everything you know that we've developed so so there's a huge adjacent market, as well as very near market or relevant market to where we are today in the intra data center.
0: And by the way, I was gonna ask, because I I know it, but for people at home, uh, Suresh or Vivek, uh, you you mentioned LIDAR a few times and the new new autonomous vehicles, and can you just make that connection for people who don't know that connection? What is LIDAR and the role it's gonna play, for example, in next generation vehicles? Yeah,
2: I, I think, you know, autonomous vehicles require sensors. I mean, that's basically how they they can be autonomous. You need something that senses the environment and then make decisions based on what it is that you see. Um, so autonomous cars will have a combination of multiple sensors on them. Um, they use um, radar. Um, okay, so that's typically used. Um, and those are 77 gigahertz sensors. Uh, and 50 gigahertz radar signals. Um, They use um, visible. Um, So there's a lot of sensing that is just visible like mobile eye, for example. So detecting of a speed limit and so on and so forth are all visible Um, and LiDAR. So LiDAR is a laser um, driven ranging and sensing versus radar, which is a radio wave uh, driven or microwave driven ranging and sensing. Um, And that is typically used for um, a little farther out, um, typically harder to detect um, objects, blockages, um, and and so, you know, and, and then distance finding relative to vehicles in front of you and so on and so forth. So an autonomous vehicle actually requires sensors of all sorts and LiDAR is one of those critical sensors that is important for truly autonomous kind of what they call level 3 autonomous um, you know vehicles um
0: at the same time you don't want those lasers blinding people right that's yeah know. i
2: think you know i mean the 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 point is you know with with every one of these sensors you know the sensitivity is important sensitivity means more power more distance and typically that requires you to boost up power levels but there is a limit to how much power you put out with with you know, with, with current lasers also the longer the wavelength, of light, the farther the light goes, right? I mean, it's the same reason why people use radio waves because you want it to grow go very long distances. So, I, I think that's one of the reasons why people are starting to migrate in these applications to this this other band. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it's it's um, it's it's one of the sensing applications. It's not the only one. There's a lot of biomedical,
0: yeah, yeah, of course,
2: uh, sensing applications that also work in that band. Um, and, and so it's, I, I just use that as an example only because people are, you know, are probably more familiar with those kinds of sensors than, you know, than the broad wide range of sensing applications that are out there. Um, but, but for us, more importantly, uh, we did announce that, you know, we we have engaged with a customer on artificial intelligence processors and servicing that business. Requires us to develop, develop, and demonstrate this capability. And so, what we're doing here is tied to a customer. It's tied to products. It's not, you know, an R and D activity per se. But the capability demonstration is critically important because the underpinnings of our strategy is a platform approach that is scalable. And this goes one step further towards validating that strategy, validating that concept.
0: So what kind of feedback have you guys heard back from customers since you made this announcement? Or I'm assuming maybe you're speaking to customers beforehand, but extending the optical interposer new application markets must have uh, excited your customers somewhat and potential customers, the industry?
3: So, um, yes, industry, and as Suresh articulated, there's all these applications, as well as in telecom and communications also, the C-band plays a key role. However, we do need to be um, you know, careful about how much we take on, right? It has to be very clearly uh, progressed, our penetration into the market. We don't want to be doing everything for everyone. Right? We can quickly <laughs> uh, become too thin in our resources. So again, as Suresh emphasized, the intra-data center is really a focus where we are getting products out, the products on our roadmap. Uh, this year, there'll be several products in the O band in the, in the up to 10 kilometer kind of regime. And then uh, specifically, this one customer that we've been working on is there. And then uh, we will expand to the right, of course, within the artificial intelligence, within this uh, process, optical processing space. We will expand, and then we will see where the right fit, whether it's in lidar or other sensing applications, that we expand to. So there is excitement from customers, but at the same time, we have to be diligent about how we expand and you know commit our resources.
0: So the good news is, there's a this opens up. A whole, a, a much much bigger target target yeah. markets, but you can't chase them all at the same time. We don't want to chase all of them, but at
3: least it uh, it uh, demonstrates that we are not a, uh, for lack of better word, one trick pony here, right? It's a very fundamental platform that goes back to our original, you know, um, uh, value proposition. It's a hybrid integration platform, which is really fundamental to integrating. All types of devices that require photonics for transmission and for processing and things like that. Yeah.
0: So there's always a competition question, which is, how is Poet going to penetrate these new applications markets when there are, when, there, you know, when there's, when there's competition there? Yeah. So again, we
3: as we being a very fundamental and broad platform, we have the ability to service. You know the spectrum that uh, Suresh showed that uh, entire or almost entire uh, light spectrum in that regime right so a customer and especially large customers that have need in the o band as well as c band right where they are doing um, optical connectivity for two ten kilometers but also need to do co-package optics or artificial intelligence clusters we can service a customer one customer with all these different um, you know solutions so that is highly valuable to to large customers to you know have a technology that's going to service multiple needs of theirs right
0: are you guys ready to go to market with this right now
3: well we already have a customer we had um, announced that earlier so we are uh, we have seeded the market or seeding the market and then Uh, we will be diligent about, you know, which customers and markets that we expand from here. So, so answer to your question is yes, we are in the market, but in a very uh, targeted, you know, customer and space.
0: Suresh, how do you target the markets? Do you target by where you can be strongest or do you target by size? Well, I think it's, it's,
2: it's an intersection of technology and its capabilities, the value proposition we bring, and the applications on the other side. I mean, we don't want to target every application just because we can do it. And so um, in this particular case, it's a, it's a good marriage between the size of the market, which is, you know, in, in this case, for example, photonics based processors is is projected to be large. It's a marriage between that marriage between having a customer that is pulling and the marriage between having a technology platform that has the capability and that we've been able to fund this activity and and resource it to develop the solutions. I think it's it's really a combination of having the customer ensuring that the market is large enough for us to serve and the platform has value and provides capability there. Um, I've said this many times. We're you know, we can pick up a lot of shiny rocks along the way, but, you know, that's that's not our intent. And I think it's really, you know, I, I just keep getting back to that because, yes, these are important announcements for us because we want to ensure that our investors, our shareholders, know and understand that the platform is a scalable, fundamental platform. Um, but at the same time, you know, it's important that the investors and shareholders know and understand that. We as a management team are focused on our near-term deliverables and data centers um, as the first and primary source of revenue, and that these are important to build value in the company, to build value in the platform and will will be continued down, but but they're not our immediate and first source of revenue.
3: Yeah, just to add, you know, this what we are doing here is not completely tangential to, you know, what we've been doing. So we have developed O-band lasers, which is in the 1310 nanometer regime. Now we have lasers, or we've co-developed lasers in the 1550 DWDM C-band regime, which is not entirely different. The wavelengths are different. And also the gratings and the multiplexer that we are doing in the O-band for our light bar engines for 400G type is, again the platform has a capability. There was design work, you know, development work needed, but it's not that there was a new technology development we had to do to have these AWGs that multiplex the different DWDM, you know, colors or wavelengths of light. So it's an adjacent or incremental development of uh, what we've been doing. And that again, emphasizes again, the strength
0: of this platform. Uh, Vivek, you're talking about CWM and DWM. Describe the difference uh, between the two, and is the fact that Po can embed D, uh, uh, DWDM uh, in its waveguides give it any major competitive advantage?
3: Yes, it does. And you know, just to describe the difference so everyone can appreciate it, C and CWDM is coarse wavelength division multiplexing, and then DWDM is dense wavelength division multiplexing really for, for people to understand, think of it as colors of light, okay? In course each, so I'm, I'm translating wavelength using colors, which think of it as synonymous, okay? Wavelength of light and colors of light, okay? So in colors of light, if I use that word, in course wavelength division multiplexing, actually one thing I, I should first explain is as the temperature of the laser changes, the color of the light slightly changes of the laser light, okay? So in coarse wavelength division multiplexing, think about it as distinct colors, you know, red, orange, blue, you know, very distinct. So if those light moves and changes, it's still distinguishable, right? You don't confuse red from blue, even though the shade of red or shade of blue changes, right? in dense division multiplexing uh, the dwdm think of it as different shades of the colors very close to each other but becomes difficult to distinguish however what it enables is much more colors so if you have a particular you can do you know light blue navy blue etc you know and Try to expand that way, so you can stack up many more colors uh, of light into that one channel. So really, what it means, of course, one thing you know, as Rakesh explained, in the longer band in 1550, you can transmit longer distance, but also by stacking multiple colors in this uh, in this narrow spectrum, you can transmit a huge amount of data. Okay. So what artificial intelligence needs and these optical processors, there's huge, huge, massive amounts of data that has to be processed. So this C-band enables that, okay? So of course, you know, being in the eye safe region for things like LiDAR and all where it's exposed to humans and, you know, concerned with eye safety, C-band provides this. So I'll come back to your question of DWDM versus CWDM. So CWDM is... Is used more in a uncooled operation because the light, the uh, the wavelength of light can change, but it's still distinguishable. So it provides the benefit benefit of lower power consumption in the system, but it it is still limited to a certain amount of data it transmits, which is very good for the shorter reach transmissions within the data center. For DWDM systems, they have to be cooled so the temperature of the laser is maintained so that light blue or navy blue are always consistent even when the temperature outside is changing the ambient temperature. So that's really the difference between DWDM and CWDM. Uh,
0: Last question. How is the term co-packaged optics applies to uh, both the switches in a data center? and to optical processes. Are the functions that similar? So co-packaged optics really
3: uh, means where you have the optical connectivity very close to the uh, ASIC, whether it's a switch ASIC in a data center or a processor, optical processor in in a optical computing application. Because as you increase speed and you in order to go longer distance the power consumption increases tremendously so you want to shorten that distance quite a bit and really co-package the asic chip with the laser or the or the um, optics okay so it is it applies to both uh, data center applications with the speeds going to terabits and higher okay you need the co-package optics in the data center And in artificial intelligence and computing, optical computing applications, you want the the optics very close to the uh, ASIC or the microprocessor chips in this case. So yes, it applies to both.
0: In the press release, you guys have a quote, and I wanna make sure investors really understand, even even people like me, the quote, the mega trends of cloud computing 5G and the rapid growth of artificial intelligence are spawning numerous applications and driving increasing volume demands for both high-performance lasers and integrated photonic solutions. Um, it, these are megatrends. How? What is your what is what is Poet's view on how far, how long, and how far these megatrends continue? Because to me, it seems like this is a decade at least in front of us. Uh, and, and which means just a massively expanding, expanding, expanding applications and markets for you. It's just started, so it's
3: multiple decades. You know, we don't know how long. <laughs> of course, it will keep evolving, but the mega trends that we are uh, we are uh, playing in, you know, cloud computing, sensing, IoT, um, you know, autonomous vehicles, all this. It is we've just started right artificial intelligence the applications are so vast it's uh, at least i cannot see in our lifetimes that uh, this mega trend would uh, would uh, would end right it will still keep growing
0: suresh what does that mean i mean aside from the obvious that it means a much bigger and bigger market will be available poet and more and more applications Uh, what does that mean in terms of the size of the, is that a double-edged sword, which means, okay, great. We have a, we were just in the beginning, like Vivek says, but at the same time, you've constantly got to keep in front of it.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, let's not kid ourselves. I mean, just because there's a very large market and we have a competitive advantage, um, you know you, you you have to stay ahead you have to keep innovating and there are going to be competitors and, and nobody's nobody is going to own 100% of the market you
1: know
0: no.
2: it just never happens so i i think yes the fact that it's a big market is is exciting and interesting because it it enables us to you know to to have our share in it and and which is what we use for our projections for um you know where we believe this company can be you know um of several years out but um, but I think at the same time, we need to keep innovating, keep ahead, understand the trends, understand the directions people are headed, ensure that our platform's value proposition continues to be heard and continues to be um, you know viable for, for all the, all the different applications that we believe um, that are out there. Um, I think you know, there are many applications. The, the highest volume applications that we believe we can plan, we don't even want to consider because, you know, the, the amount of value or the, the the marginal improvements that we would bring is not enough to cause people to change what they're already doing. So I think you know we we also need to you know always keep in mind that you know there is we, we are not the incumbent, and 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 therefore we have to keep winning business or changing people's minds on how things ought to be done versus how they're doing things and and it just there is a gestation period and 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 we we need to go through that systematically it's not one of those oh here's a platform um you know and 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 so suddenly you sprout um you know multiple revenue streams right they they have to be developed um, I think there's an expectation among the investor base that, you know, just because we put a press release out like this, that tomorrow we start, you know, <laughs> generating revenue. And, and, and while the tomorrow is going to happen, uh, it's not truly tomorrow. Uh, I, I think so. I think we, we want to set the expectation that we will continue to put press releases out based on real data um, and based on our strategy and based on the fact that we are expanding this platform. Um, and, and that we expect this company therefore to have multiple verticals as uh, an underpinning of its total revenue picture. Um, but our focus will continue and our near-term revenue will continue to be generated uh, in the data communications uh, and intra-data center as, uh, as Vivek has mentioned.
0: As, as CEO, uh, I think it's great that you are cautiously optimistic the way you the way you sound which is great because a lot of COs can get carried away sometimes and maybe provide a false sense of uh or or over promising and then end up under delivering under delivering so i think that's great but but for the sake of investors at home milestones like this press release um how much more confidence that that gives you as to the positioning of poet
2: i'm not quite sure what 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 specifically you're asking for but you know I think the the, the point is you know we're not going to put a press release out if we weren't confident that we could deliver a solution that we're talking about so yes I think the fact that we put a press release out itself is a milestone because there's work that has been done and data that have been taken and and and, and a certain set of kind of maturity if you will that has been achieved uh, prior to we prior to us putting out a press release. We wouldn't put out a press release on, on just a, 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 an idea um, that, that hasn't been vetted, okay? So from that perspective, it in, a, in itself is a milestone. Now, in terms of actually converting this into a product that's already underway, it's one of the products that we put together and taped out and we announced that you know late last year. Um, so do we, we do expect to have this converted into a real product taken through its qualification process and so on. Over the course of this year, and 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 we do have a customer waiting, uh, and engaged with us in that. Um, but but I think you know the proliferation of it will happen, um, you know, upon qualification. So much of that is uh, in our plans for this year.
0: Uh, I uh, I'll rephrase. Yeah, and thanks for answering that. And I'll maybe try to rephrase it. Hopefully, I can rephrase it better, which is. With this milestone, not necessarily the press release, because obviously the, tech, the technological milestone came before the press release. But with this milestone, what's your level of confidence, and how has it grown in terms of how Poet is is positioned within its market?
2: I mean, the confidence has always been there. I think we just have, you know, my, look, you know, just because I tell people that I'm confident that doesn't mean anything. Um, you know, we gotta we gotta uh, you know back it up with real data. So I think we're we're just you know, scratching the surface, honestly.
0: All right, gents, uh, last word to you guys. That's that's it for my questions. There, if there's something that we haven't we haven't uh, considered yet, or if you just what your final words might be on what you want investors to take away from this milestone.
3: So again, I'll chime in here, but the coming back to the uh, capability of this platform, it's 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 vast all these mega trends that uh, we discussed, we talked about, we can play a role in all those mega trends in our way. And being a hybrid and truly a hybrid integration photonic platform, we, uh, we can enable all these applications which require photonics to be, to be successful, those applications. So I think, uh, you know, the, again, you asked about confidence, I believe with additional milestones being validated, like having solutions in outside the work we've been doing, like O-Band now expanding to C-Band, just demonstrates and gives us the confidence that we can go after multiple markets. We have to be diligent. We have to be uh, cautiously optimistic, as you mentioned, but uh, this, uh, there's, a, there's a vast market for us to target uh, systematically and diligently.
0: Well, clearly the market believes you, gents, because you're able to raise some substantial funds, uh, and that comes from people who uh, must do incredible due diligence, and it's great to see that kind of confidence. I think that that helps for people at home, investor home, who obviously this is beyond uh, the level of expertise of many investors. So understanding what POET does, understand this milestone, and combining that with this great raise, uh, I think puts puts the picture together pretty nicely as to, as to the level of confidence in POET. And congratulations on this milestone and look forward to having you guys back again soon. Thanks. Thank you. For everybody at home, you've been watching or you've been listening by podcast on Spotify, Google, Apple, or your favorite podcast platform to the team. I won't go through all three of them again, over at POET Technologies. Uh, For those of you who are new, and we know that's a lot of you because we see from the market activity, more and more people are coming into the story. You've got to do your due diligence. Uh, one thing I would strongly recommend is go over the interviews that we've done with Poet over the, last, uh, over the last three months. Those are incredibly valuable and really helpful in understanding what the company does. And then from AgoraCom, make sure you link over to the Poet Technologies website uh, and really take a close look there. They got some great collateral information for you uh, and do your own deeper dive. And hopefully you discovered your next great small cap company. Thanks for
1: joining us. Have a great day. See you next time.